the best decision of your life, what was it? Oh God, the best decision was to just let go of the label and let go of the judgment and to actually choose myself and my health and my family first <laughs> over everything else. I'm Jessica and I'm on a journey. Like a lot of us, I struggled with my weight, brought on by using food to fill every void, every worry, up to 270 pounds, all as my career in TV news was taking off. But when the weight led to high blood pressure, I had to make a decision to fight, to forgive, to love myself from within. We're all on a journey, and there's power when we share the lessons along the way so we can all decide to live. Welcome to Decide to Live. I'm Jessica Larche. This is a show that shines a light on stories that inspire hope, encourage us to embrace our obstacles as opportunities so we can all decide to live. Today's guest is my dear friend, wellness warrior and real life wonder woman, Kristen Crowley. We became friends during our time on everybody's favorite morning show in coastal Virginia. Now there is no doubt she is stunning, but that does not mean her path was smooth sailing. She battled debilitating stage fright, bullying an unhealthy body image, but she used her pain to prove her doubters wrong, going from training horses, running a department store, bartending, and then breaking news. Now in her 40s, she is calling the shots, leaving the grind of morning news behind so she can be there for her family and bet on herself, Kristen Crowley. We can't start you. crying already. We can't start crying off the top. Oh, okay. I I'm looking that. at you and I'm about to cry already. We can't cry already. We have to. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Thank you for having me do this. So Kristen um, was my in-house therapist for five years. Add that to the resume. That's yes. The resume. Uh, yeah, of okay. your seven page long uh, resume. <laughs> but we really became close. Um, during our time on the morning show mm -hmm. and you were my in-house therapist uh, we cried on the floor many a time in the dressing room at work I love, I, I love our theme for this episode you can't judge a book by its cover no you can't never judge someone or what they've been through by your first glance yeah um, and I love to prove people wrong so I think that <laughs> through in every every career that I've had so I it's kind of cool to share this now because we haven't really we've talked about doing this for so a long, long time a long time now it's happening and it's 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 overwhelming so I, I do appreciate it we need a, a box of Kleenex I, I can I can already tell I can already <sighs> tell one one of Take the things breath. that's that's I admire about you is is your strength and everybody does not know your story because they look at you, they see your gorgeous family, they see your career, they see all of this, but they don't yeah. know what you endured growing up. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was shy. I was painfully shy. No one believes that now. <laughs> I used to not talk. I didn't speak, I think it was until like at least ninth grade. Wow. I mean, I spent most of middle school not talking. At all? I, no, I would sit in the back of the classroom I was so quiet. I didn't want to get picked on because the teasing stayed in play until I was about 13. Wow. And then once I hit high school, um, it stopped. And I think it only stopped because I had a little more confidence from the horses. Because you showed horses. Yeah, I showed horses mm -hmm. and animals are therapy. I just didn't resonate with any kids at school because they were 
cruel or mean and I was never that way because I took care of animals so I was always taking care of things and nurturing things and trying to make things feel better yeah. so I became adaptive in the sense I think or why I get along with everybody now is I just wanted to fit in somewhere mm -hmm. and I couldn't I mean I just tried and I tried too hard probably sometimes and then I'd get made fun of or a joke would be made and then I just shut down again and not talk so wow. it was a pretty quiet <laughs> few mm -hmm. years and, and people may be hearing that and say wait a minute time out you spent 12 years in mm -hmm. television news on a multi-hour long morning show <laughs> live television and you dealt with debilitating stage yeah. right this is not just like you you get you know your heart races a little bit before but yeah. You said debilitating stage right to where yeah. your, your body would shake, would you feel nauseous. Mm. So how do you go from your body con almost convulsing before you have to be yeah. in front of people to being on television every day live for 12 years? Yeah. How do you do that? It, it was a long process. The one and only time I've ever spoke in front of a group before television mm -hmm. was in high school where you had to give a report like on the chalkboard you had mm -hmm. to give a report and I figured well the one thing I know how to do is clip horses so I'm gonna clip a horse on the chalkboard with an eraser and I knew how to do it mm -hmm. so I drew a horse head I mean, at least I could draw <laughs> my mom gave me that talent <laughs> drew a horse head drew all the whiskers drew the hair and the ears and the bridle path and mm -hmm. the muzzle and the eyes and I, I took an eraser and I explained how you clip a horse, which I don't think anyone in my class cared. What the hell? Am how I did they respond? They're like, like, okay, like that's it nice. was informative, I guess. I mean, I knew what I was doing, so I, I was like, because that was where I, the one thing that I probably should have done more of is the more you talk about things you know, the more comfortable you get. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I at least knew that, and I, it was one that I couldn't get out of. I got out of every other speech from the time I was little until my mid-twenties. Really? Got out of everyone in class. I would go to the bathroom, I would go sick that day, wouldn't go in, um, just wouldn't speak in front of people. Like, I really could not do it. I mean, I felt so sick. And I just went up there that day because I had to. There was no choice. I didn't look at anyone. I remember I just mm -hmm. stared at the chalkboard with my back to everybody and talked. And I clipped this horse with an eraser and at the end, the teacher was like, well, that was very creative. <laughs> like, I guess that's good. And I still got good grades, so it wasn't bad, but that was the only time I've ever spoke in front of people until I got into the restaurant business. And mm -hmm. becoming a bartender was the only thing that got me over being shy. The bars you said gave you confidence. It did. How? How? It's the best psychological study you could ever be in is obviously people watching in a bar mm -hmm. restaurant. Everybody does it. Mm -hmm. But being on the other side of it and hearing all the stories, and because I, I do, I genuinely care about literally every, probably this table, I'll talk to anything <laughs> and I'll care about it. But I would care, like I would actually care about what these people were saying. And I developed really good relationships in the bar business. And I worked for, um, gosh, I can't, I think I opened 12 bars or restaurants here in Hampton Roads. And it was and all- And several around us where we right are here, right now in downtown Norfolk. At the Slover, yeah. I mean, we've got, I mean, restaurants right on Granby Street, the group I worked for with the Burton Baldwin and 456 and 219 and Big Easy. And I was at Club Soda and Havana's and at the Oceanfront and Red Star and all mm -hmm. these restaurants. And everybody knows me from those, but I spent my, I, 
paid my dues. I mean, I went through the openings and I worked my butt off and I learned how to manage people through the bar. Mm -hmm. And you can, their reactions tell you everything. And you could tell so much about someone in those first couple of minutes. And my job was to make them feel comfortable because that's my biggest thing with mm -hmm. any situation is, and why I'm the welcome wagon is, mm -hmm. I never want anyone to feel the way I felt. I never want anyone to feel like they don't fit in or they're not appreciated or they're not respected mm -hmm. um, because I just, I went through that and it feels like shit, <laughs> like I'm gonna say it, oh, but it does. And you don't want people to feel that way. So I am extremely adamant on making people feel comfortable. So the restaurants gave me an avenue to be myself, <laughs> say whatever I wanted really mm -hmm. without getting in trouble most uh -huh. of the time. Uh -huh. <laughs> a little beep, beep, a little sensor. <laughs> Through that job, I met people in the media business. Um, most of my customers were now co-workers yes. <laughs> that were in yes. TV news. <laughs> and I knew them way before. So this is, you know, 15, 16 years ago. But one of my customers one day at 456 got me into my first commercial, mm -hmm. said, you need to do a commercial. No, I don't. <laughs> you need to, no. It took him almost, I would say, three or four months to convince me. To even Wouldn't try. Do Wouldn't do it. Not doing it. Uh-uh. Not going to do it. Because are you thinking about the stage fright yeah, at this I'm point? Thinking, I got to speak in front of a camera? No way. I could speak in front of these people here all night long. I am mm -hmm. fine. I got all these people. They are my little audience. I can control the situation. I got this barrier. I can walk off if I need to. Mm -hmm. And when you're on a camera, you're on the camera. It picks up everything. And I didn't want to not be good. Like I didn't want to fail. Like that's my biggest is I, if I'm not really great at something, I wouldn't do it. Horses, I was an amazing equestrian. I've won everything. Like I had a great career in it. Mm -hmm. I was good at it. So I didn't do any other sports because I never wanted to be made fun of or people to laugh at me if I failed. It was a uh, mattress commercial. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna share this with everybody. Please don't try. Is it, it, on, the it on the internet somewhere? Oh man! I probably have a copy somewhere. I I, I need this commercial because <sighs> this is the perfect moment where you drop just it in. Drop the video in, just like action. Okay, it, I was behind the mattress because my legs were shaking so bad that they wow. couldn't put me in front of the camera. So I stood behind the mattress. And the only reason I was good at memorizing scripts is because in the restaurants I could memorize like a table of eight, three courses. So I knew Ooh. how to memorize things. So I could get through the script because I could talk a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then you talk a lot, you'll be good on TV. <laughs> Not necessarily true. And I ended up, yeah, being behind. And once I got through it, I enjoyed it, but I was still scared. Mm -hmm. So the only way to get over it is to do it again mm -hmm. and to do it again and to do it again. And I probably shot a hundred commercials with him over a course of five or six years. Then there was another bar customer who caught wind of what I was doing mm -hmm. and said, hey, there's this job that's opening up at WTKR. They need a traffic person. You'd be great. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I so your first reaction was like, no, I'm no, not doing that. No, I was not going to do that. I know. And then I'm like, want me to have an actual job like on the TV every day? No. And it's live. <laughs> like at least commercials Did that are taped. Did that terrify <laughs> yes, you? It's the terrifying. Idea? Wow. I mean, what do you think? Like, you, you know, I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to get up there and I'm going to make a mistake and people are going to laugh at me and I can't do it. And I ended up I ended up going out. I told you I bought a little suit from BB. When BB was, you know, little pinstripe BB suit. BB was popping. You got your BB suit. suit with a little belt. <laughs> it was cute. I showed up at that audition, and this is back when they had an actual like kind of an audition for it. What? It, as afraid as you were, as you were, 
As scared <laughs> as you were, yeah. what made you go buy the suit and say, yeah. I'm terrified, I'm, but I'm gonna go try out for this job? Well, I bought the suit and then I, I was not gonna go. I was not gonna show up. I, I decided days before it was not gonna, be, not gonna be for me. I wasn't gonna get it. I, was, um, I didn't have the experience, I was scared. Um, what the hell am I gonna say in front of these people? Mm -hmm. Like I just freaked out. And uh, so I almost didn't go. And um, Chris, who was the one who had helped me, uh, coaching me, was like, you were meant for this. And you are talented. And mm -hmm. you will do more than you will ever expect to do in this business. And I just was like, everybody keeps telling me these things. And I still didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. And then I just said, screw it. It's like, I mean, what's, again, what's the worst that's gonna happen? I mean, I've already overcome all this crap mm -hmm. and I'm in my now moving into my late twenties mm -hmm. and you know, I'm still in the restaurant business that I love, but I need a change and I need a challenge. And I've always done that. Like if mm -hmm. there's a job that I can, will challenge me, I'll mm -hmm. go, to, I'll just do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I just did it. <laughs> I showed up and Kurt Williams was there that day and wow. I had Kurt there oh, and Kurt. he like, interrupts you on purpose when you're mm -hmm. talking to see how you react and they had this whole thing and you're all these 10 people in front of you watching and I just started laughing and I was like I, I can't do anything but be myself and I tried to use the news voice back in the mm -hmm. day we're like and today we are I mean it was so cheesy I mean if I could find those first videos of the first we tried days, for we your tried farewell it. it was so bad we, we, we tried to find oh. as many embarrassing old videos you as we could good ones, we did find some really we did find some good ones like, oh god uh, but I did it and you wound up winning. And I wound up getting the job. The first days on air were horrible. Like, oh they were so God. bad. We're gonna drop in some clips so y'all can see what she's talking it was about. Bad. I don't uh, think it's as, it may it, have You always felt think it's bad. worse. You yeah, always yeah. see yourself as worse. You're your own worst mm -hmm. critic. You're your own worst enemy. You know, your path to news was untraditional, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think what's really an, important here, because there are people who are watching who have dreams who say, well, I don't have this background. I so I could never do that. But I think at the core is you had a, a willingness to listen to people's stories mm -hmm. and a passion to tell their stories. Yeah. What, what was the biggest gift that working and morning TV news gave you? You guys. Oh, Lord <laughs> Jesus. There goes the crying. I knew I was gonna do it. Uh, honestly, it was, yeah. Um, but I had a support system every day that actually cared and was actually listen to my stupid stories and see the pictures of my kids and not laugh at me when I did stupid things and actually were the people ultimately responsible for my level of overcoming this, the on-air stuff. When I learned that you just can't care what people think and when you stop caring or giving a F, as I'm going to call it on your show, because I'm trying yeah, to be good. Yeah, because we're still censored. I still work in morning TV I news. I so. I can't say anything, <laughs> but when you stop, really like taking that outside criticism and you just do it because you love it and you're happy, it's a whole different world. Mm -hmm. And then you love it. And then you can do anything and mess up and you don't care. And that was the hardest part to overcome because my biggest fear through everything that I did was, oh, here come the tissue. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, we Slova Library, for the tissue. Thank you, Slova, for the, the, the one ply. We'll <laughs> <laughs> get this here. Oh, thank it's you. All good. Okay, Wait, I good. need some of those. Give me one. Oh, I took both. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold oh, on. Oh, I'm 
us. Okay, Wait, my so lash is about to come off. It's okay. It's okay. still on. Okay, right. thank you. <laughs> Got you. But you, we, we do, we are, we are a family. And, yeah. and whether you are still there with us at 3.30 in the morning or, um, or not now. Lay not um, in my bed. We, <laughs> and you have earned that. You have earned that. But, you know, we, we are a family. And, yeah. and so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful um, that we get to share a more intimate slice of that. Yeah. Um, with with the community really that that we've built we do I and mean, we share a lot and I mm -hmm. we're very close we were very close to the viewers for a long time and mm -hmm. I mean I still have people it's you know it's been too long that are mm -hmm. coming up and you know they still think up there they think I'm on vacation for a month I, oh girl <laughs> you got a good vacation policy <laughs> no no I'm gone oh. I'm gone Susan I'm sorry I'm but sorry Susan I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm gone. but it's you know I, it was that was the biggest or the hardest thing for me um, the schedule I could give up <laughs> well and the, people don't realize it you, you know we we wake up at 2 30 in the morning mm -hmm. and you have been you were on that morning shift for 12 years. Yep. You you have a family. You know your kids are getting older. You know I think it's different when when they're really little. Yeah. And you can get away with going to sleep when they go to sleep at like seven eight o'clock, and you're you know getting maybe six or seven hours. But your kids are in activities and yeah. they're going through things in their lives. And your mom and you want to be able to be there. And yep. but you also you worked really hard to get to this point to yeah. where you could afford to step away. Yeah, and it, it gave us an opportunity was, you know, and that I had to take it. I really couldn't deny the signs that were given to me and I had to step into the role that I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really a big decision and it's it's a hard decision to give up the label. Mm. I've come to terms with that this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I think as women in general, when you do have a position that is a little bit more clout or has a title mm -hmm. associated with it, um, you know, it's a big difference. And I was describing that to friends this weekend because I said, what do you do when I walk up to you and you say, I'm a news anchor? Oh. People respond differently. Oh, they treat wow. you differently. They do. What they do you do. do when you walk up and you say you're a bartender? Oh, that's fun. Mm. And it's a totally different a totally different demeanor that people present you with, regardless of how you look or carry yourself. Um, we put a ton of weight into titles that are unnecessary, yeah. and the fact that it doesn't have any bearing on your intelligence, it doesn't have any bearing on your, your monetary situation, because I have friends who have their own planes. You would never know it, because they dress in a flannel shirt and khakis all the time, mm -hmm. and they choose to just be themselves. Yeah. And because they don't have a title, really, they'll just say, oh, I do this, like I do furniture. They don't say they own own you know, the furniture like, store. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But people will treat you 100% differently, and I learned that in the restaurant business too. Was never to judge a book by its cover, mm -hmm. because I had some of the wealthiest customers who came in like that, and mm -hmm. then I had some of the people that no one would wait on, because they thought they either looked a certain way, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't. They look like they don't have money, mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to take care of me tonight. So they wouldn't wait on them, and I would take every one of those tables. Mm -hmm because all those people wanted was to matter and feel special. And when they did, mm -hmm. I always made money. I never had an issue making money because mm -hmm. I treated every single person the same. I don't care if you're the president walking in there, you're gonna get treated the same as the person who's cleaning the floor. Absolutely. And that's how I felt about every job. That's why I don't care about what I do. It's just how I do it and how I make people feel. And that's why the TV thing, when we started really building rapport with the community, that's what I loved. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the job. It wasn't the title. I mean, it felt great for people to think you were cool, mm -hmm. but in essence, that has absolutely no bearing on where I am now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it helps with certain things, but I, I really think that 
yeah, I think we put way too much weight into it. Who is Kristen Crowley? No titles. <laughs> oh gosh. What have you learned taking the leap of faith to step away from television? What have you learned about who you are stripped down just oh, to you? Man, I care too much. <laughs> I care a lot. I'm extremely emotional. We've already seen that. Um, I, I just want, I mean, I, I want people to like me. I've always felt mm. that way. Um, I've always wanted to do things that make people happy or make them feel better about themselves. Um, I think every experience I've been put through, if it's hard or not, has been to teach other people how to get through it and that you, you can ultimately get to a better place. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've definitely gotten there now. It's mm -hmm. not easy, <laughs> but it felt right, you know, and being able to help people. Like, I mean, I literally don't have a paying job. Mm -hmm. I mean, I left a solid job for 12 years of a paycheck and notoriety to just go after what I wanted. I want to talk about the decision to, to leave because it was, there were several layers yeah. and it's, and, and I certainly want to dispel this too, because some people will say, well, oh, her husband must be rich. So she just left because of that. <laughs> so she can, she can live this carefree life. Yeah. There was a, a part of you that didn't want to leave because you didn't want people to think that you were just going to step into this cushy life. And if that were the yeah. case, that's fine because we, we judge people way too hard about what they've yep. worked for and what they've earned. You got earned. that, go for it. But, mm. but do you think that you stayed on longer because you didn't want people to think that you were staying at home? Yeah, I'm maybe. I, I, and that's the thing too. I mean, I give credit to all my friends who, are, who do choose to stay at home. Like they, mm. that is their job. Um, I'm just, I love creative outlets, so mm -hmm. I have to have something to do. And you know, my brain is a million miles a minute and mm -hmm. I survived 12 years on my schedule with having the energy that I showed, which mm -hmm. is real energy, but now it'll be tenfold because I don't have to get up early. She um, bounced in here like a ray I, of sunshine, hey, waking here, up everybody. when the sun comes <laughs> up and stuff. <laughs> it's, I, I have a lot of energy around people. I feed off of people. And um, if I'm in, by myself, I'm quiet and I'll lay there and I'm fine. But if it's any, you know, I, I have a lot of nervous energy um, or anxiety, you know, I dealt with anxiety for a long time. So I like to be busy, but I also want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the fact is, is that I chose to step away. I knew I wasn't going to be making the money in that sense, but we had spent 25 years putting myself in a position and that's the part a lot of people don't understand mm -hmm. most people didn't start working until they were in their mid-20s after college mm -hmm. I was working by myself for myself from the day I was well technically 14 because mm -hmm. I got a permit but anyways mm -hmm. 25 years that I have worked non-stop and saved and put through houses and created what mm -hmm. we have as a family and yes. my husband's equally I found a partner in life who is as even more hard-working than I am mm -hmm. which is very hard to do <laughs> and he works harder than I do mm -hmm. and he has done an incredible job and he I, I can't even believe what he's accomplished in life because he's a actual real-life superhero Aww. and he's amazing and it's it's you know that's the thing like we have literally busted our butts to get to this point mm -hmm. and I have done you know I've put my health in danger I've made myself sick I've been through all the scares in the past couple years, which is part of the reason that I was like, I have to take a step back mm -hmm. because the stress and the anxiety were getting to me. And um, I will make a difference because when you're put on that path, 
it will come back to you in abundance mm -hmm. if you give instead of always asking and I overgive. And I've already received so much this year that mm -hmm. it's it, it's a true indication that if you do learn to let go and follow what you're really passionate about, it will come. Mm -hmm. You just still are ultimately responsible. You said, I was built to do hard things. <laughs> yeah, I think physically and mentally, even though I felt shy and intimidated, I was always able to do it. So mm -hmm. my, my mom is a force. <laughs> mm -hmm. She is a force to be reckoned with. And I was never given the leniency of saying, you know, oh, it's okay that you're second place, or oh, it's okay that you don't have, you know, it's gonna be, no, it was, just get up, do it. You're mm -hmm. not bleeding to death, you're fine. Get up. Mm -hmm. And that was how my life was. I mean, especially farm life in general is hard, mm -hmm. and it's manual labor, and I don't think a lot of people get that, because mm -hmm. they're not, I mean, it's a very small population that experiences it. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it's, I. We are gifted with certain things, yeah. and I was gifted with an ability to take a lot. <laughs> and I do, you know, I can get beaten down or rained upon with so much, and I'll still make it happen. You'll still push. But that's what I'm. That's what I. How I was built to do it. Mm -hmm. And we're all built differently. Um, I don't think we're. You know, we're not. If we were all the same, obviously, be pretty boring. But I feel like I pushed through everything. I mean, if it's doesn't matter what it is. I mean, I've powered through a lot already mm -hmm. and that put me where I am now. So I, I'm grateful for it. All the pain, all the heartache, everything. You, you have to be grateful. Like there's no other way to say that. <laughs> it makes you who you are. It does. Yeah, it truly does. But then you also went through a phase where feeling like you were imprisoned by a certain number on the scale. Mm, yeah. Tell me about that. <laughs> we could talk about so much. I know, I know, I know. We got I know. like hours of I stuff know. from this. Um, again, I was given all these things in my life so I could share it with y'all and help you in some way, I hope. Um, yeah, when I was in high school, um, I was very skinny still, but I finally started filling out after the, the tiny, tiny phase of shooting mm -hmm. up to my height and being this big. Um, but when I started to fill out a little bit, uh, my because of horses, my legs were much bigger than my upper body mm -hmm. because of the, you know, it's the muscle I used all mm -hmm. the time, training. And I remember thinking how fat my legs were and- You felt they were. I felt they were. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was still small, but in my mind. And I looked at the scale one day and I was up to 135 on the scale. And at this point I was, yeah, 5'9". And I was like, if I ever get over 135, I'm gonna, I'm gonna starve myself till I get back down to it. Oh, wow. And that was just something that I still clearly remember is that distinct number because that's the number I used through all my modeling years even though that wasn't my weight because I could not maintain that weight healthy. It was mm -hmm. not a healthy weight. And it was, as I got a obviously filled out more, there's mm -hmm. no way I was gonna be that weight if, you unless were... I starved myself literally. Mm -hmm. And I always said I would, you know, I never did it, which was the good thing. Um, a lot of people don't, their brains do take over and they, they don't have control of it. Mm -hmm. I still maintained control but it was, um, yeah, just that number just stuck out. And I used it on every modeling application through my early 20s because I thought that's what they wanted to see. Cause, mm -hmm. And they also say that if you're over this weight, you don't qualify. And even wow. though I was the same size, mm -hmm. I just carry way more density as far as muscle and bone. I'm just mm -hmm. bigger in that sense. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard to grasp um, getting over that number. <laughs> And it was hard. <laughs> was it, when, when did you find yourself able to free yourself from that number? Because you and I have talked about this a lot. Yeah. Even along my, my wellness journey, losing 100 pounds, 
and not remaining at that number that yeah. meant I lost 100 pounds was um, terrifying. Mm-hmm. It puts you in a prison, really. It does. And it, it makes you think that you are not um, doing well if you're not at one specific number all the time. Yep. Um, and you provided much therapy for me on trying to help me break free right. from you know, staying in prison to a number. But you had two beautiful, beautiful children. Yes. Was it through the process of having your two beautiful, smart, intelligent, kind babies <laughs> that your body changed after that, that you said, wait a minute, did you start to embrace where your body wanted to go? Yeah, I gained 50 pounds with both because I could not even walk more than just into the job, sit down, get up, do our stuff and sit down. So I wasn't allowed to do anything physical for almost 10 months with both pregnancies. So I gained actual weight. It wasn't just water weight. It was mm-hmm. fat. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's, hard, it's hard to burn off. First kid is okay. <laughs> you and your mm-hmm. late 20s comes off a lot faster. <laughs> Once you have the second kid and you're in your mid-30s, it doesn't come off very fast. And it was then when I realized, because after the, Ronnie was born, the first one, I did lose the weight pretty quickly, just mm-hmm. a few months, and mm-hmm. I was right back at it. I was like, I'm in the gym, I feel mm-hmm. great, I feel so good. And it was easier. I still never really got into the heavy lifting. I was still mm-hmm. working out normal to me, which was mostly cardio, a, lot of cardio. a little bit of light weights. And after Talon was born, um, I went into postpartum depression. I was, you know, crying all the time. I was like, didn't know what was wrong. I know you've talked about that, Therion. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to overcome and understand. But again, because mentally I'm very strong, I knew what was happening and I battled through it because I didn't want to take, I tried the medication, it made me sick. I didn't want to take medication. I was like, you I took medication for depression. I started to, mm-hmm. made me feel absolutely horrible. I didn't, my body doesn't respond to medicine well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have to combat this naturally. And mm-hmm. I know what's going on, so I am going to overcome this. I am going to make it better, and I have to find a way. So I started, I was like, I'm going back to the gym, got a trainer, mm-hmm. went back to the gym, wasn't still lifting very heavy, mm-hmm. but I was starting to see some changes. I felt better about myself. And then I went back with a friend of mine who's been a friend for 20 years, and I was hurt my shoulder. I have, I've had back surgery. I've had my one foot is bad. I have bad knees. I have a bad shoulder. Like, you know, I'm old. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm just old. I've been old since I was 20. And <laughs> so I went to him because I was like, listen, I have all these injuries, but I need to get this out. Like this anxiety and this like intense, like shaking and burning inside of me has to have an outlet. Um, so the, is that what it felt like? Can yeah, you for talk me, about? mine was very much um, stomach shaking. Like it just feels like everything's doing this, mm. and but it's internal. So you know you don't see it, but I felt that way all the time. The reflux was horrible, um, fatigue was horrible. My inflammation was horrendous to where I could barely move my neck. Most it was bad. Um, Did you feel the the sadness? Yes. I would cry randomly, mostly frustration with my family, not my kids. None of it was ever reflective of my kids. Mm -hmm. None of it, which was mine was all towards, you know, family members Mm -hmm. because they weren't helping me. And but they also really didn't know how to help me and they didn't know it was wrong. Like I couldn't communicate it. And, you know, you're trying to pump and you're trying to manage a baby and you're trying to look better. And it was, I would just cry and cry and cry and I couldn't stop it. And I'm fairly good at controlling most things. So I could not control any of it. And that's when I knew what was really wrong. So there's a symptom that if anybody experiences this, um, it was actually my hands and my feet and they would itch. 
the itching was so intense that I'd have to just sit here. And this ha was happening at work at the station. And I would have to just sit here and I would itch and I would itch and I would itch and I would go and I'd put ice, ice cold or hot burning water on my hands to get it to stop in, at work. And this was happening when I came back to the station right after him and they would not stop. <laughs> it was all day, it was for weeks. Oh and it felt horrible, it was like pin, like inside of your hands were burning. And um, I, the only time it would go away was when I went to hot yoga or when I was lifting weights. And so that's when I realized the connection with exercise and overcoming anxiety or any of those problems. Um, and the more I worked out, the better it got. And within a few weeks of me being consistent, it went away. You, you, you said it was, for you, you noticed a change in your feelings of depression and anxiety as you embraced the lifting. Yeah. And it helped it helped those feelings. You said go away yeah. 95%. Yeah, I mean, I still deal with anxiety. I mean, I don't think that ever goes away once you really have it, because then you notice it more. Mm. Um, so that'll never go away for me. And it is an energy sometimes. You can harness it if you harness that power. Mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, really honestly, and then after my second child, I had such a hard time losing the weight. It was way harder. You know, you're older, your metabolism is slower. I hadn't been active in 10 months. Mm -hmm. It was it was pretty bad. And um, the only thing that started to work was when I embraced the fact that cardio is not the answer. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus, because I hate that elliptical machine, but I still do it. Um, but lifting heavier weights and challenging yourself to a point that you didn't think was possible. It took years and I got up to what? 800 pounds on a leg press? My God. Which is insane. Kristen. Is that possible for a woman? Yes, it is. And you don't, and my, I don't look that way. Like you think mm -hmm. that's a body, no. Your muscles are more capable and stronger than you ever imagined. I mean, you look at like people when they get adrenaline rushes mm -hmm. and what you're physically capable of, mm -hmm. you are capable of it. You just right here in the way and you won't let yourself do it. I can unequivocally say that it helped me overcome the anxiety part mm -hmm. faster. I mean, I still am dealing with it. It's mm -hmm. never, it's never going to end, but it helps me deal with it. I think it helps you. It helps you manage it instead of it managing you. Yeah, and without medication. Yes, um, yes. because that is a thing. I mean, it just and so the medication does work for some of my friends mm -hmm. because they couldn't find any other like the you know you find what works for you. Mm -hmm. it, I just I can't deal with the medication because my mm -hmm. body rejects it. It just makes me so sick. Mm -hmm. So again, there's a lot of things. Everybody's so different, and mm -hmm. we're all you know like I said, your journey. We're all different, but it's all the ultimate thing that we want to feel good and um, you just have to find a way to get there yeah. like without judgment right <laughs> without right judgment. and whatever whatever works for you uh, works yeah. for you so you you have taken on this passion <laughs> for health and fitness in yes. an even magnified way it's always been important to you but you are stepping into your power yeah. you're stepping into your strength and now that you have stepped <laughs> out of the the daily grind of morning TV news you yep. are stepping into this new chapter with WellFit Social. Yeah. I think it's amazing because the energy surrounding it is so positive and it, it, it inspires all of us to, to look at the obstacles in our lives and say, you know what, I can do that. Mental health, internal health, and external health are all part of the equation. And there's mm -hmm. not one part that works without the other. And we're seeing a big shift of that in the fitness industry in general, where people are going more to mental health, 
components in their fitness training, whether it be meditation or yoga mm -hmm. or therapy or you know special classes or those type of mm -hmm. things, um, because it makes a difference. So the event came to fruition because I love my people. Mm -hmm. I want to be around people, but I want people to connect because you know mm -hmm. I sit in a room with someone for three minutes. I want to find something in common with you. Yes, I don't care yes. who you are. Mm -hmm. We will find something in common. It's a city. It's an animal. Something. And that's what I wanted the event to be, was finding a way for all these people to realize that we're more alike than you think, mm -hmm. we have more in common than you think, mm -hmm. and we are all capable of the same things, it's just a totally different timeline, yeah. and it's a totally different path. So, you know, like we said, you may not be able to, to lift what I can lift, but you can cook the food I can cook, which is why I share the food stuff on yes. YouTube. Like I like to show people what's possible and mm -hmm. easy. And again, my life is crazy busy. So everything mm -hmm. I've done has been fast and efficient. Efficiency mm -hmm. is my middle name. Like I'm gonna get it done really quick. So the event was really just having people share their stories in regards to nutrition and fitness and mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and we found different aspects to represent that because you told your story, which had everyone crying, which is not a surprise. And you know, you shared your journey. Um, you know, we had people speaking to nutrition and how to like screw your to-do list, which yeah. um, Carmen spoke about that was, you know, cause we do, we get overwhelmed and we're letting ourselves get overwhelmed. Before we even step foot yeah. on the path. Yeah. Before You're, it's we like, even it's, try. That's the mental part. Like mm -hmm. we screw ourselves before you even get to the, the place you need to start. Um, and that mindset is, is just detriment. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. we're, we're doing it to ourselves mm -hmm. and we're our own worst enemies in it. And the lack of education out there is, is sad. And we live mm -hmm. in a digital world. We mm -hmm. all Google. We mm -hmm. all die in a can, like something on WebMD every time mm -hmm. we Google what's wrong with us. Lord, Like please Lord. don't go down that rabbit hole. Um, but this event was meant for people to be face-to-face -face and actually connect and collaborate and help each other. You also have some exciting news. <laughs> I do. That's such exciting So news. Kristen Crowley is going to be in some magazine. Yes, I'm so excited. It was another dream come true. <laughs> you know what I just thought about? Yeah. This is such a full circle moment. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm oh, about Lord. to cry again. Oh, Lord. <laughs> do you remember... Um, when I was featured in Women's Day magazine. Yeah. And we shared it. Oh, we get to share this too. We shared it. On air. On, on the news. And um, I was so overwhelmed. I took Kristen's hand. We did, we'll hold hands. And the whole, the whole time, I did not let go of your no, hand. You it was a whole segment of talking, and you, yeah, because you were five shaking. minutes. You were like, you were shaking. Yeah. I would not let go yeah. of your hand. And to be able to see you. I got it. <laughs> in this space. Thank you. Thank you. What a full circle moment. It is. Kristen, Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I ask everyone who comes on Decide to Live, mm -hmm. the best decision of your life, what was it? Oh, God. Oh, that's hard. That's really hard. I've made some good decisions. I must say, you know, my husband and my kids, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess uh, uh, the best decision was to just let go of the label and let go of the judgment and to actually choose myself and my health and my family first <laughs> over everything else. So that was probably the thing I'm most proud of yeah. because I'm proud of each of those things individually, but now I can actually be there for all of those things um, in the right way 
in a healthy way and not be, you know, exhausted. So, yeah, I'd say it was actually like letting go. You are built to do hard things you. and you are giving us the permission to do hard things. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. I love you. I'm so love proud you of you. Kristen's story reminds us that we can't judge a book by its cover. We have all endured some type of pain that shapes who we are. I hope these life lessons from her story resonate with you, that you are stronger than you know. You are built for hard things and never let your fear stop you from following your dreams. I'm Jessica Larche. Remember, a brighter day could be one good decision away, and I hope you decide to live. I just keep on pushing, 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 pushing.